0: Hey folks, this is Dan with Holy Spirit Soapbox, and just recently, our family has moved to a new state. Yes, you heard that right. We no longer live in the great state of Colorado, but whenever you move into a new area, it's a little shady. (laughs) It can be a little shady, even if it's a beautiful place, awesome playgrounds and parks and stuff around, it, it, it doesn't matter. It's scary to think, like, who on earth is living next door to us? Right, and you know that old description of a person who's said to be like wholesome, you know that one who quote unquote lives next door, like have you ever heard of this where it's like the boy next door or the girl next door they're relatable, they're humble, and they're usually friendly. That's what we're looking for when we're when we go into a new neighborhood, right, and we can only pray that we have neighbors like this, but the question here is do we even see God like this? Okay, where am I going with this? All right, let me start with a quote from a movie. I'm sure you've heard of the movie Bruce Almighty, and I think I've quoted this before on this podcast, but in the movie at one point, Jim Carrey, who's the actor, says, God is a mean kid sitting on an anthill with a magnifying glass, and I'm the ant. He could fix my life in five minutes if he wanted to, but he'd rather tear off my feelers and watch me squirm. Now, it's all funny. You know, it's Jim Carrey. He's he's a funny guy. He's a great actor. But this was a way for him to say that, yes, his life is falling apart and God can just fix it right now. But instead, he's just watching him squirm. He's, he's actually with a magnifying glass, which this is horrible that people do this. But you take a magnifying glass, put it in the sun and you can actually burn ants. And it's kind of terrible. But he's... Saying that God is so far away that he doesn't care. He's this random old dude who sits on a throne on a cloud and throws lightning bolts at sinners. You know, I I constantly mention this like all the time that I saw God in that same way. That God is upset with me. God hates me. He doesn't like me. He doesn't like what I'm doing. But is that true? True. No, we know that, right? I mean, if you read the Bible, there's a lot of evidence that says that is not true. He's not this guy that just loves shooting lightning bolts and and tossing us, you know, into the lake of fire. Or he's not a kid on on an anthill with a magnifying glass ripping off feelers and burning ants or burning us. That's not what he does. That's not who he is. Okay? Here's the proof. All right, let's get into it real quick. We often see dictators or rulers or presidents that are so disconnected from the people in their countries that they're, that they're leading that they have no idea how to actually guide and help their country. They're so disconnected. And some of these rulers or dictators or whatever you want to call them have grown up in a certain background or maybe like a, a whole different living situation than the common folk that gives them a tough time to relate to people which may cause more division or anger or discontent, etc. And we can sometimes feel the same about God. He's in heaven. He seems so far away. And he sets these expectations for us as as rules or else in this Bible, in this book that he gave us. Again, we know this is not the case. Jesus is God in the flesh, meaning God himself made himself in flesh, and lived with and among us. Jesus was born in a barn, a smelly, gross, yucky barn, and placed in a manger or a trough that animals would eat from. He, like his dad, was a mason slash carpenter. He ate the food we ate. He drank the water we drank. He spoke to the locals and those governing, and then he died, just as we all will. He was not royalty on earth, And he was never rich. And he didn't have a place to lay his head. This is from Luke 9.58. Does this sound disconnected to common folk, honestly? Does this sound like somebody that has no idea who we are? Who can't relate to us? Does this sound like somebody that was always rich and famous from the very beginning? To the point that they don't understand what it's like living in poverty or working for a living? And yes... The difference here is Jesus is the only man who resurrected on his own power by the Spirit, which essentially conquered death, which is something we can't do, okay? And yes, he is God. So, sure, he was a working man, he did all these things, but he didn't have all those jewels on earth, or cars, right? Or clothes, or shoes, or homes, and as a matter of fact, he didn't have all those things, so he was much like the common folk at that time period especially. Now, I'm going to say something that almost sounds contradictory, but it's not. If you're listening in right now and you do have those things, if you have all the cars and the clothes and the homes and all these things, you know what? Jesus was royalty in heaven. And then he came down from that to live with the common folk, the ones that were pushed aside, those outcasts. Okay? But in reality, he actually owns everything. All your cars and jewels and houses and all these things, they're not yours. They're actually his. He actually owns all that because you can't take it with you. Right? But Jesus put all of his treasures. He placed his heart in heaven. He wasn't focused on those things. And he still came down to earth as a human to be humble. And place serving and loving others over these material things. And over pretty much everything. Jesus literally relates to everyone. And is for everyone. Rich or poor. There's no one left behind. He is the definition of humility. I mean, he's the definition of everything. Literally, everything good. But he is the he is the definition of being humble and humility. And being wholesome. He's the king of kings. The lord of lords. But he's the king next door. He's that awesome neighbor. He's the one that gets you. Okay? That's the difference here. And we view God as disconnected from us because of how we see he is and through our eyes. Now, should we look at God as a creator and bow down to him? Of course. Should we fear God, knowing he can essentially eliminate the body and the soul? Yes. Should we fully depend on Him to provide to us our needs and know that without Him, we won't have our needs? 100%. You know, but understand that God is holy and our Creator is a great thing. But when we feel disconnected from Him because of our views of who He is, we're ultimately distancing ourselves because of our own selfishness. We're labeling God one way, when He knows us better than we know ourselves and live just as we did Or worse, I'm going to say right now, reading about Jesus and his disciples and his apostles, I live a quote-unquote better life here on earth. I do. I have a home. Jesus did not have a home. You know, as of right now, I have not been crucified nor put to death because of my faith. That may happen later down the road. But as of right now, I have not been really persecuted. In some ways, I have. In some ways, I have not. I have food in a pantry. He didn't have that. So he lived very humbly. He knows what it's like to witness all these different things, these temptations, these sins of the world. He saw others on crosses or get killed because of their nationality or whomever they were. For preaching, he saw evil in the world and he was tempted, but he did not sin. So we can confidently go to God and we can confidently live each and every day, knowing that God wants to be connected to us and knows exactly how we feel in any and every situation because he's been there. He's done that. Maybe it's not exactly, you know, he wasn't on his way to work and his car broke down and he was about to get fired. For Yes, maybe it wasn't to that extent or that detail. But all of the temptations of this world, all of the hardships that we go through every day, he has empathy. He is that neighbor. He's the friend. He's the The God, he is that father that we can go to in confidence, knowing this, that he wants to be connected. He's not disconnected. He's not so far away. He's lived all this that we've lived, everything that we've done, everything that we've seen. He has that empathy and he'll weep with us and he'll cheer with us. He'll be joyous with us. He is that friend. He is that awesome neighbor. Now I have a couple of verses to meditate on, and I only have three of them today. I usually do four, but one of them is kind of long. So I'm gonna read these to you. If you want to revisit them later, feel free. We have them written in the description. The first one is Mark chapter 1, verse 13. And it says this: And he was there in the wilderness for 40 days, tempted by Satan, and was with the wild beasts, and the angels ministered to him. He was in the wilderness 40 days. I don't know about you, but I have not been in the wilderness for 40 days. But I have been tempted by Satan. I get tempted all the time. But so was he. You see where we're going with this. He was 100% God and 100% human. The human side was tempted, but the spiritual side, the God side, did not sin. Next is Philippians chapter 2, verses 5-9. through nine. Here we go. Let this mind God also has highly exalted him and given him the name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow of those in heaven and of those on earth and of those under the earth, and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So what does this all mean? It means God himself came to earth as a bond servant or somebody that is a servant instead of coming being like yeah i'm the king bow down to me right give me all the cars give me all the jew i keep saying cars there were no cars back then why do i keep saying that give me all the houses give me all the land give me all your money he didn't do any of that stuff he's like i i'm i'm gonna be humble i'm gonna come down In the likeness of men so that I can experience what you're experiencing. So I can see what you're seeing in the flesh. So that we as humans, as his creation, don't feel alone. And we're not without understanding. And then finally, Hebrews chapter 4 verse 15 says this. For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses... But was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. For Jewish people, they used to have to go to a high priest, okay, to essentially rid themselves of their sins. They would confess, then they would sacrifice an animal of some sorts, and that high priest would help guide them through that, and they would have to go to some sort of church or like a synagogue or tabernacle and go to the altar and do all these things, right? And you would have to go only at certain times. But now we have the highest priest, Jesus Christ. We can go to at any time. And it says we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weaknesses. Because he was tempted. He was tempted every single day. He was tempted by people around him, by Satan himself. I mean... Jesus went through it, man. Like, there was nothing he didn't see. Like, yes, he didn't sit in traffic in L.A. or something. But everything, all the temptations that we battle every day that are internal, right? He was tempted in that way. But he didn't sin. He didn't fall for it. Because he placed his heart in heaven. But he can sympathize and empathize with with this stuff that we deal with every day. He can sympathize with the, the weaknesses, the temptations that we've gone through. And then he can empathize with those things like sitting in traffic and all those other things that we go through or, or marriage issues, right? He can, he, we can go to him with anything and we, we should have that confidence to go to him with anything. So all of these verses, the Bible itself, right? It, it, it says that this God loves us so much. That he would come down as a servant. Like, he washed people's feet. I mean, if you're a king or a lord, somebody's washing your feet. But no, he's like, no, 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 no. I am humble. I want to show people how to live. I want to show people how to love others as I love you. And I love you enough that I'm going to wash your feet. And then I'm going to get whipped. And I'm going to be humiliated in front of so many people. And then hung on a cross and killed. For you. For every single one of you. It doesn't get more humble than that. It doesn't get more sympathetic and empathetic than that. He is a definition of all those things. Now I have a couple questions for you. Three questions. They're also in the description if you want to revisit them. But here they are. Question number one. Do you feel disconnected from God? Right now. Do you feel disconnected from God in any way? Why do you feel that way? Question 2. How does knowing Jesus came from very humble beginnings change your view of who God is? And then question number 3, what are some ways you can feel more connected with God going forward? Number 3 should be kind of obvious, but, you know, read the Bible and and study the Bible and, you know, join into different congregations, Bible studies, etc., so that we you can get closer to God, but Are there specific things that you can do every single day to make you feel more connected with God? So we want to thank you for joining in today. Please continue to spread the word of Holy Spirit Soapbox. But most importantly, spread the word of who Jesus is. Tell somebody of the gospel. Tell somebody that Jesus loves them because he does. That's the most important thing. And we want to continue to do that. And we've been able, we've been blessed by God to be able to reach people all over the world. Wherever you are listening from right now, we love you. And, And it's amazing that we're even able to be speaking to you. So we ask that you continue to tell people about Holy Spirit's Soapbox, and let's go out and spread the gospel together. But for now, I would love to pray over all of you. If you could take a prayer posture, whatever that looks like, if it's safe to do so, let's talk to God because we have that confidence. We can go to Jesus Christ. We can go to God anytime, so let's do it right now. Our Father, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, we thank you for coming to this earth that you created to be like us and experience the things we experience so that we can learn to walk the same steps you did in all of it. Knowing you've been through everything that that we see, makes us know that we can trust you with everything we feel and experience ourselves. We ask that you continue to provide to us daily conviction and your word so that we can understand how we should live. We ask that you also help us get through all the temptations and evils that we know that you've conquered through your death and resurrection. And we ask all of this in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen.